everyone so this story time is on the story now that you mention it by christian higgins so let's begin so it actually starts with our protagonist nora unaliving um yeah there are five thoughts that go through her head then first thing being oh my god what am i gonna do about my dog boomer like how is he gonna cope with this two i hope we can still do open casket three i have nothing to wear to my funeral four i'll never meet daniel radcliffe and five is bobby breaking up with me okay it took her about an hour to get here so let's rewind nora she works at the boston clinic hospital and she is a gastroenterologist so like she's the one who will like do the colonoscopies make sure that like your stool is all good and all that and like don't get me wrong she's a doctor she gets paid a lot but like it's not very exciting as opposed to the er doctors the surgeons their jobs are exciting including her boyfriend bobby he is an er doctor a surgeon and he is always a white knight he's always a hero and tonight was no different he actually had his hand like on a man's throat because he was bleeding so badly and he was like no literally get in that room get in that room basically he was just barking orders and he literally saved this man's life so after that's all said and done he of course is a hero and so they go to like the break room and when the other shift of er doctors come in like they're like oh man i wish like i had that exciting thing tonight bobby finally notices nora's even there and nora's like oh my god i saw you out there congratulations because she was just kind of watching him because like she's not allowed to go through the emergency room like doors and she's not an er doctor and there's all the other er doctors there and again like yeah she might be rich and successful and a doctor but she still feels like left out and bobby's like oh hey we're gonna hang out for a little bit you want to join and no nora does not want to join she wants to go home they live together by the way she wants to go to her dog and she wants to order thai food and that's just not gonna happen and, and since he was the one who dramatically saved a man's life from bleeding out she's like yeah yeah of course so they all go and they're like you know what i'm so hungry i want a pizza who's gonna get it and they all kind of look at nora and she's like i'll get it what do you guys want and literally as she steps off the curb where the hospital is a van slams into her the ironic thing is that it was called the maybe not ironic but it was called the beantown bug killers yeah their van ran her over and knocked her out and now she is in the emergency room herself and when she regains consciousness in the emergency room she's like hooked up to all these ventilators tubes all that stuff and she hears jabriel and her boyfriend bobby jabriel she's like the resident at the hospital in the er wing and jabriel's like so is this your girlfriend and bobby's like yeah you know i was actually gonna break, break up with her this weekend but you know after this happened i don't think i can that'd be kind of crappy she wasn't in the best shape anyway and they start laughing and it takes nora a second to like register this because it's like wait i am potentially unaliving here and you're gonna be flirting with some er resident on top of my corpse and Jabriel's like, how long have you guys been together? And he's like, about a year. And because Bobby said he wants to break up with her, Jabriel's like, in a flirty way, she's like, oh, what do you do? And Bobby's like, Ugh, I don't know. I mean, like, I can't dump her now. That'd be such a bad guy. And Jabriel's like, you know what? Give me a call when you're a free man. And Bobby has the audacity to be like, I wish I didn't have to wait that long. So finally, Nora can't take it. She opens her eyes and she sees him like fondling her hair, I guess, like tucking Jabriel's hair like behind her ear. And she's like, do you mind 
and they both like jump back from each other because they, they like they still think she's unconscious then understandably nora requests another doctor and he's like and call the dog walker because like they co-own boomer the dog and the next day when nora is discharged she is in a sling and a cast and everything hurts like her arm is broken her leg is broken yeah it's not a good sight and she breaks up with bobby who's apologizing profusely he's like sorry about Gabriel, and she's like well, you made breaking up easy, like you were flirting over my dead body. No, I, I can't move past that. And then for some reason, Nora decides to go home, not to their apartment, but to Scupper Island, Maine, her hometown. And she's gonna bring Boomer with her. To Bobby's credit, he is a saint for the week before she goes home. Like he is catering to her every need, bringing her soup, bringing her, like cooking for her, reading to her, anything under the sun, like he is there at her beck and call but she's still not gonna get back together with him because like she can't get past him flirting with someone else when she could, like when she's like battered like that. And then Nora takes the ferry home where she knows that no one is gonna be that happy to see her. Let's get into her lore. So Nora grew up on Scupper Island, Maine, and it's a very, it was a bit of a summer island in that like rich people from, I guess like the mainland, they would like, they would have their summer houses and the economy revolved because of them and like, you know great for the economy but once they left it was the islanders island again and like it was their home their territory nora's mom is from the island she's 14th generation discover island and she's so handy she doesn't waste anything she can make anything she's like superwoman in that way and like don't get me wrong her mom wasn't a bad mom like she like nora knows that she loved her in her own loves her in her own way but like she wasn't lily Lily's Nora's sister, and ever since she was a baby, like little girl, she was very like. Well, Nora, she was always built a little bit sturdier, and when she was younger, she didn't mind being the older, bigger sister. When Lily would get like picked up and like not flown around, but mom would just like spin her around, and Nora wanted to get picked up, her mom would be like, oh, but you're my big girl. And like honestly that didn't bother nora at first when she was younger because she loved lily so much she loved her sister like she liked being able to protect her and the early years were great back when her sister loved her her mom's heart hadn't hardened into ice and back when their dad was around back when they still loved each other their dad was not an islander he was from new york and he sold insurance which like nora didn't find out till later because like when you're younger like work is just work but that's what he did for a while i mean like for five years her mom would be home her dad would go to work and then when she turned six, suddenly her dad was home all the time. He began working from home, writing a book, and honestly, it was bliss. It was heaven. Like, yeah, her parents would have tense conversations and hushed voices. So, like, her and Lily never knew what was being talked about, but, like, they could feel the energy. But still, things were great, honestly. Their mom ended up taking a managerial job at some, one of, like, the offices in town, and after school their dad would be the one to take care of them and he would take them on so many fun adventures like they would go hiking swimming all this stuff it was so 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 fun but then the fun would always end because their mom would somehow find them she would pull up in their car and be like and just like shake her head and then make them take a bath and get them dinner and stuff and it's like her mom was always like ruining the fun and they learned just kind of to disregard their mom because it was just the three of them dad nora and lily like they could have their own fun adventures mom could go be like sour mouth somewhere else and this progressed and progressed because time went on and lily started to like she became a daddy's girl and she started rubbing that in their mom's face like not even trying to hide it she'd be like dad and dad and i we had so much fun today we like he got us ice cream and we went scavenging in the woods it was so much more fun like like dang okay nora on the other hand she would try to like make her mom feel loved and included but 
since she wasn't Lily, it didn't really matter. And one day when Nora got home from school, her mom was just like sitting at the kitchen table, hands clasped. Her wedding ring was off. There's like a cup of coffee on the table. And Nora in her fake cheery voice, she's like, mom, mom, guess what? And her mom just like doesn't answer. This kid in our class, he got sick and he threw up. So he had to go home early. We were taking a math test. I think he has to retake it. Her mom's just like, mm-hmm, not looking up from the table. And Nora can't take it. Mind you, she is like seven at this point. And Nora's like, mom, where's dad? And her mom is still just like calmly looking at the table. She's like, out, he left. Do you know when he'll be back? No. And so Nora runs upstairs, checks her dad's closet, like her parents' closet, all her dad's things are gone. His suitcase, his shoes, his suit, everything is gone. And then Nora started sobbing, understandably so, like her dad just left and she doesn't, and she knows that he went off island and she, that's it. And when Lily sees her, she, mind you, the girl is 10. So maybe Nora, okay, so Nora was probably, Nora was probably, probably like 12. And Lily sees her and like she's 10 and she's already like sneering and, and snarking. She's like, what's the matter with you? And Nora's like, dad is gone. And this does not go over well for Lily because she starts hysterically crying and screaming and telling their mom that she hates her and then she goes and slams the door. Yeah, it was bad. There are many versions of events of what happened in Lily's version. Mom was so boring and miserable that she drove dad away and dad would come back just for the girls and leave mom all alone on her stupid scupper island. In Nora's version of events, their dad would come back, apologize to their mom, they would fall in love again and, you know, they would have like one of those like really dramatic but really cute reunions where they like hug and, and then the guy like spins the girl around and they would all be a happy family and they'd go to New York and neither scenario happened because their dad stayed gone so anyways back to present time nora's now back on the island and like her mom zero affection like the first thing she says to her is like how long do you think you're gonna be staying here because poe lily's daughter is here and it's kind of tight quarters so you have to share a room with her it's like okay hey mom i'm in a sling uh, my leg is in a cast i'm like hobbling around nice to see you too thank you for asking oh yeah as for lily because it's like why is poe there with the grandma and not her mom well because lily's in jail yeah and honestly it is so difficult for nora to get adjusted like sharing a room with a teenager when you're like in your 30s not a fun time especially when that teenager is like surly and doesn't want to be there yeah not a good time at all and that prompts nora to find her own place because it's like you know when you can like you can tell when some when people don't want you around it, it it sucks to feel that way so she ends up finding this like boathouse that's it's the most affordable thing it's super super cheap and she ends up get, getting such a deal for it and so happy that she has her own place now she's like you know what i'm gonna get a donut and the donut shop is like a high school reunion because she sees Darby, one of the popular girls who made her life miserable. When I mean popular, I mean mean. It would like call people slurs and bully people. The funny thing is though, is that Darby doesn't even recognize her. She's Nora's like, oh yeah, hey, it's me, Nora. And Darby's like, what? Cause like, because Nora had a massive, massive glow up. So she is unrecognizable. And then walks in Sullivan Fletcher. You know, they exchange pleasantries like, oh, hey, you're, you're back, nice to see you. Which now means that he is going to know that Nora is back. And Nora's pretty sure he's not gonna be happy to see her. Like she couldn't really read Sullivan. He was friendly enough, cordial. Luke, however, is a whole different story. Luke Fletcher, Sullivan's twin brother. And as mean as this is, he's the better looking, smarter brother. Long story short, Nora had kind of stolen Luke's place at Tufts. This needs to be taken back to high school. 
So when Nora finally realized that her dad was in fact not coming back, she ate and ate and ate and could not stop. Like it was just this insatiable hunger that no matter how much, no matter what she ate, she was never satisfied. And consequently, she began gaining a lot of weight. Like, I'm not talking like, oh, 10 pounds, okay, lose that in like a month. No, no, I'm talking like her health was in bad shape because of how heavy she got. She looked like she was 35 because of how heavy she was. Like a 35-year-old woman who like just gave birth and like life really was rough on her. It was not good. High school's just rough in general. Kids are not that nice. And it, it, it doesn't make it easier when your sister is beautiful. Like Lily looked like a model. And so Lily became popular, aka she became really bitchy and made other people's lives miserable. And Nora, she just dove into her schoolwork. And she also happened to develop a massive, massive crush on Luke Fletcher. And like, because this isn't a K-drama, she knew that she didn't have a chance with him, but like, you can't really help your feelings. So she fell in love with Luke Fletcher. And like, he wasn't mean to her, which was nice. Like he would sometimes defend her too because since they were the two smartest kids in school, like they would always be getting like extra credit work or not extra credit work, but just like harder work in math and then additional assignments in history and English and just everything because they were so good in school. They were always partnered up for things. And while his friends would like shout at her and be like, you troll, like good job, Luke, sucks you had to work with the troll. He would be like, hey, like she's not that bad, like which yes, he should have defended her more, but in high school, I think that's, you know, like not to give too, too much credit, but could have easily joined in. By senior year, their GPA was 0.027 points away. And the thing is, is that like Luke would always do better in the extracurricular classes like gym. Like he would always get an A plus while Nora would get barely an A minus. And here's the thing, Nora, like everything in Nora's life is riding on that Tufts scholarship. She needs the scholarship. The reason this is such a big deal, basically, this guy, Pedro Pascal, he went to, he lived in Scupper Island and went to school there, and he went to Tufts, then Harvard, then Stanford, then Yale, I forget the order, but it was something like that, but I knew, but I know that he went to Tufts undergrad, and he made a gazillion dollars from founding some computer program, and he's coasting, basically, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, just about Jeff Bezos level, and Mr. Pascal, he would come back, like, every single year, and to give back to the community, he he would give one student, the valedictorian, a spot at Tufts. It would be a full ride, fully paid. They would go to, like, they, their seat at Tufts is secured. Like, I don't think they have to apply. It's just, well, I don't know if they have to apply. Basically, they're going to Tufts. Like, it is set in stone. I don't know how exactly that would work, but, like, if you have that much money, I think, like, it kind of makes sense. But this is Nora's only option. Like, Luke, he comes from a good family. Yeah, it, it would be expensive to pay for college, but, like, at least he has that option. Nora has no option. Like, what money does her mom have? A single mom raising two daughters? Like, this is Nora's only option. And Nora did have the edge in science, while Luke had the upper hand in everything else. But this changed when Shawen moved to Scupper Island, and she was a genius in science and so naturally luke partnered with her and there went nora's upper hand so nora now she is getting so desperate like she will do anything to go to tufts because literally her entire life depends on it and so in english class one of their assignments is to give a speech like write the essay present it you get it luke obviously has the upper hand in this like people like him he's well-spoken charismatic the works and he's really good looking so there's that 
Nora, on the other hand, public speaking literally makes her want to vomit and then sweat profusely, even more than usual. So Nora, she just, she lives, breathes, eats, sleeps this essay. She rehearses it day in and day out. She memorizes it like the back of her hand. So by the day of the presentation, she knows it like it's her own blood. And she made this presentation really engaging because I think the presentation was on like DUIs or something like that or drunk driving or something like that. And she uses the people in the classroom as examples. And she uses Sullivan Fletcher as an example. Basically, she's saying that like, let's say, so she, also the way she's presenting is like, she's walking up and down the aisles of the seats to make it more engaging. And it's working because she's like at Sullivan's desk. She's like tapping on his table. She's like, oh yeah, like she didn't do that or else this awful thing might happen. And that's kind of the tone. And everyone is laughing except for Luke. Sullivan is like kind of uncomfortable because it's like, why am I put on the spot for this? And everyone loves her presentation. Like people are laughing genuinely. And when they get their scores back, Nora gets an A plus, Luke gets an A minus. And I think it was in that moment that Luke realized that he may not get something that he wanted, something that he felt like he was owed, which was evident because after class, he hips checks Nora and he's like, watch where you're going troll knocking into her also made her drop her books and he steps over them like steps on them and luke continues to just incessantly bully her like like robin when he gets 100 and be like guess who i talked to today i talked to the tough tough counselor i i'm going like i am a shoo-in da -da -da. and nora she had to think of something to beat him she had to think of a way to be valedictorian there just had to be a way and there was a way so one day Nora was staying after school, like, and she was in the English classroom, and like, she, my, she stayed so late, even her teacher was like, hey, can you just like close the door, like lock up after you leave, thank you so much. So she's sitting there, it's dark, it's like 6pm, and she sees something on the board, it's like kind of faint because it was written like at the very first day of school, and it says ECP, 12 great works, extra credit project, 12 great works. Basically what it is, students can write a 25 page paper talking about the running theme across 12 great works of literature. And mind you, no one in the history of this high school has ever completed this assignment, not even Pedro Pascal himself. And Nora's like, oh my god, this is it. I'm not gonna lie, Nora's a little ashamed of what she did next. Maybe if Luke wasn't so awful to her, she would have just left it maybe if he like look maybe like not even defend her not be her friend but just not call her a troll not bully her incessantly she wouldn't have done what she did next she went up to the board and smudged around the letters and like you know tapped the chalkboard eraser on it to like make it look more blended in and now the assignment looked more like eg 12 great words and then she started slaving away at this essay. And at the very end of the semester, she was the first person in history of this high school to turn in that assignment. And I'm not gonna lie, her teacher was shocked. He was like, oh my God, Nora, whoa. That like literally no one has ever turned this in. I look forward to reading it. And then by the time of the senior assembly, which is when the scholarship winner is announced, Shawan wishes her luck. And Luke and his group are like calling her a troll and calling her a pig and all that. And they're all waiting in anticipation, expecting Luke's name to be called. And it's Nora's name that gets called. And like everyone is shocked. Even the principal who absolutely adored Luke was shocked. She was like, she was reading it. She's like, and, and the student that this will go to is Nora. 
congratulations nora come up to the stage and there's like light awkward clapping and this is probably one of the best days of nora's life understandably so the assembly was held at a different area like it wasn't at the school so when she goes back to the school luke is waiting for her outside and he like his posse of friends are there like three other dudes and he's like you think you're hot shit huh and nora's like what what and he's like you cheated that scholarship was mine you cheated didn't you and nora's like well apparently not apparently the scholarship is actually not yours and again luke reiterates i don't know how but you cheated i studied luke and then he's like you might have won that scholarship but you're never going to be anything other than a troll leave her alone that voice comes from sullivan luke's twin brother and luke is like f you you're a troll you're fat and ugly and everyone hates you even your sister and that i'm not gonna lie packed a punch because it's like they used to be so close and like nora knows this like she doesn't need it rubbed in her face like that that's a low blow and luke comes up to her and like starts poking her in her chest really aggressively and like nora flinches and starts to like back up and luke is like what are you scared should be and again sullivan is like luke knock it off but luke like he does not hear anyone he does not see anyone except for nora because he just keeps going and he's threatening her now he's like you better watch out nora something shitty might happen to you you know what happens when guys get upset and get mad bad things happen do you know what i'm talking about and nora does know what she what he's talking about and like she's getting really freaked out and kind of scared understandably so and again sullivan defends her he's like luke get out of here she won fair and square and luke now he's noticing sullivan he's like where's your loyalty and then the english teacher comes out because he's hearing this like ruckus outside like luke is not being quiet about it then he gets suspended and sullivan is like taking him away and over his shoulder he's like nora watch it and then the teacher, the English teacher, he's like, if you threaten her again, I'm gonna have you arrested. Nora, come on. Like, he's gonna bring her inside. And then this little b-word has the audacity to start crying. And he's like, she cheated. She cheated. She stole it. Sullivan suggests that they go to Portland. And he's like, yeah, like, like tell the office. He looks at Nora. Like, it looks like he's gonna say something, but he doesn't say anything. This is Sullivan. And they do drive to Portland. And they get into a car crash. Luke was high on coke and his alcohol level was like, I think five points above the legal limit or maybe two. Either way, it was like a way, way, way higher than the limit and he crashed into a tree, but he was fine. It was Sullivan that paid the price because he ended up in a coma. And at school, two days after the incident, they were told and they were told to pray for him. And Nora felt so guilty because she felt like it was her fault. Like, yeah, she wasn't the one driving, but she was the reason that they went to Portland in the first place. And Nora's just so alone. So September rolls around and she ends up going to Tufts and maybe it was a change of environment, the fact that she could be whoever she wanted to be, that she wasn't automatically just Nora the troll. And she like miraculously dropped 30 pounds, became the person she wanted to be, like super outgoing, fun, had a lot of friends. Her professors liked her and she did well enough to get into med school right after and then she became a doctor. So her life turned out pretty well, if you ask me. Her sister on the other hand, while maybe high school wasn't as bad for her because at least she wasn't being bullied incessantly, who knows, maybe she was. Yeah, she ended up pregnant, had Poe, and went to jail. Sorry where she still is. Anyways, on the topic of Poe, back to present day, Nora tries to bond with her more, get to, like, just get to know her more. And they bump into a girl named Audrey, and I think they go to, like, the same school, and because Poe is new, and Audrey's really friendly, like, Nora invites her over to the houseboat, and, like, just so the girls can, like, bond and, like, 
Poe can have a friend and they get to talking and it turns out that Audrey is Sullivan's daughter and he comes by a bit later to pick Audrey up and he's and he just like welcomes Nora welcomes Nora he's like hi like welcome back to Discover Island nice to see you the works and from Sullivan Nora finds out that Luke never left Discover Island like he did a semester at like the college in Maine and then dropped out after a semester and then he just dove straight into drugs as for Sullivan, his accident caused hearing like complete hearing loss in one ear and then his hearing is kind of iffy on in the other and he wears a hearing aid. And Nora feels so bad because like in her mind it's like they went because of me. Sullivan is like this because of me. And Nora tells him this, but Sullivan's like, what? No, you I don't blame you at all. Like you weren't the one driving the car. You coked out last time I checked. Like, no, you don't have to feel bad about anything. Which I mean gives Nora a little bit of peace, because it's like, oh, like that's like a good very good person way of thinking so after everyone leaves nora goes to sleep and it's around 3 a.m and nora wakes up in the middle of the night and this just freaks her out because she's in a new place all alone kind of in the middle of nowhere and it's 3 a.m like that is the worst combination so she texts bobby and they had been emailing back and forth just like oh like how are you how's boomer that kind of thing she texts Bobby telling him he's she's scared and he's like, hey, like, I'm here, you're okay, etc, etc. And it just feels more like intimate, like nothing like weird is exchanged verbally, but it just like, it just feels closer, you know, safer, that kind of thing. And this makes Nora think about how different her life would be, like how different she, her and Bobby's relationship would be, like would they still be going strong if that one thing in her life didn't happen, the big bad event. Nora is like 97% certain that the big bad event was the reason that her and Bobby's relationship didn't work out. Long story short, there was a home invasion and she got assaulted very, very badly. And Bobby, he was the perfect boyfriend. Like he was the knight in shining armor. After this event, she moved in with him and like he was kind of like on, he like kind of had her like on mental health watch. Like he always had friends there checking in on her. So she was never alone. Like he would call her like from work and just be like, hey, I'm here. You're okay. You're safe he would read to her, he would cook for her, perfect boyfriend, reassure her constantly, didn't pressure her to do anything, like, adult stuff, not at all, he was perfect, such a good support system, and Nora, like, this event obviously affected her, like, she took self-defense classes and, like, did what she could, but she still just felt very gray, which makes sense, like, this event, like, it's, it was such, such an awful thing, it wasn't like she, I don't know, lost her flip-flop or, I don't know, like, lost her diamond earring, and then Bobby, he was still the perfect boyfriend, the knight in shining armor, but it was just less heartfelt. Like, he was just getting tired of it. Like, he wanted Nora to be back to her perky self because it's like, okay, this knight in shining armor stuff, it's getting old. Like, you, you gotta snap back, girl. It's like, okay, rude. And the interesting thing, though, is that this grayness remained in Nora where she was just kind of like, she wasn't really feeling anything not in like a concerning kind of way i guess maybe i mean it, yes concerning but not like oh we have to like watch out for her kind of thing but just gray and the grayness lasted until she got hit by the van and for whatever reason getting hit by the van got rid of the grayness and it kind of like snapped nora out of it which is why now she's back in maine anyways back in maine nora is she gets hired at the ames clinic is just like one of the doctor's offices there so now she has income which is good then she bumps into Luke, and it turns out <laughs> they're neighbors, and he greets her by calling her troll. 
so yeah not much has changed he still clearly despises her <laughs> like bro grow up Nora continues acclimating to her new life here in, Sc in Scupper Island and she actually helps Poe become friends with Audrey and like a little friendship is blossoming between them. It's very wholesome. And it's also just like a relief because it's like high school so hard and like if you have no friends, it's even harder. At least you have one friend because like one good friend is all you need. And that day when Sullivan comes to pick up Audrey, he she tells him about her run-in with Luke. And Sullivan reassure reassures her. He's like, yeah, no, he won't hurt you. He just yeah, hasn't let go of what's happened in the past. Like very wound up but later that night nora like sees him in the woods just like waiting around her house so she calls sullivan and sullivan's like okay like lock your doors and nora's like that's already done and he's like okay like i'm gonna call luke see where he is she called he calls luke and luke says he was just taking a walk by his house no harm no foul okay fine and she he just like comforts nora until she's like okay to like go to sleep and stuff and she feels very safe that weekend, Nora goes back to Boston to visit Bo Bobby, not because they're gonna get back together, but because they're doing like a joint custody of Boomer and she has to drop him off. So they catch up, they take a walk, they go to a cafe. It honestly feels like old times, like right when they were like dating in the early stages. And then he's like, he asks her if she wants to go back to their place. And Nora's like, uh, there is no our place. We broke up, remember? So they say goodbye and Bobby kisses her on the cheek and then on the mouth and like it has the opposite effect of what bobby wants because that makes nora realize like this breakup was good for us we needed it nora then goes back to scupper island and she forcefully makes poe bond with her like she's tell because poe's idea of her grandpa so nora and lily's dad was like it was horrible he was awful da, da, da. and nora's like no actually we had a lot of fun and she's telling her about the adventures that they went on and she actually takes poe to the different places that her dad would take them and like poe's starting to warm up and then when nora gets back home she hears someone like rustling at her door so she gets her pistol like she is armed she's ready and she hears sullivan's voice nora and she goes to greet him and mind you she's holding a handgun and he's like whoa 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 it's just me it's just me and Nora's like yeah she tells him about the assault and why she's so jumpy and freaked out and he's like oh my god like are you okay now they just talk a bit more and then Nora invites him to a dinner she's hosting at her house the next day and talking to Sullivan she feels safe and the dinner goes fairly smoothly like her mom is there Shawin is there um Poe Audrey like everyone is there and she and Sullivan are bonding more. They're like getting to know each other more. It's cute. And she's asking about like his hearing and Audrey, his daughter, and they're, they have a couple moments. Like the chemistry is palpable. And then she accidentally calls him Bobby's name when she asks him to pass her something in the kitchen. But somehow they're able to move past that because they go to dinner just them two a couple nights later, maybe like a week later or so. Uh, it feels like a date, but they'd never like officially said if it was a date. So they don't know, but like it's nice. They're bonding. They're talking. They're just they're just catching up. And after dinner, he drops her off at her house, and he doesn't kiss her or anything. Like nothing physical happens, which which is part of why Nora's like, wait, was this a date or not? But it was honestly probably good that Sullivan didn't do anything and that like nothing happened because Luke was waiting for her in her kitchen. He broke it. And this understandably freaks Nora out so, so badly. She's like, what are you doing here? And luckily nothing happens. Like Luke just leaves without a fight, thankfully, without doing anything. But like, who does that? 
Then the weekend comes, Nora goes back to Boston to see Bobby, the dog exchange. And there's this moment, she's sitting on the couch with Bobby. And she, like, I think before she was still kind of playing with the idea of getting back together. Like, she, on one hand, it's like, oh no, breaking up with him was the right decision. But on the other hand, like, I don't know, maybe, like, he's such a great boyfriend. Like, he was there for me when I needed him and he was so great, like... But he was also flirting with the uh, ER resident when I could have possibly been. So I don't know. But she's sitting there and it clicks like, oh yeah, me and Bobby, we're done. Even when Bobby suggests that she stay the night. And like the way he was saying it, it wasn't that she would be sleeping on the couch. But Nora's like, no, I gotta go. And the reason he suggests that was because the weather was really, really bad. So she couldn't get back to Maine anyway. So like, why not spend the night? And Nora says no. And she stays with one of her good girlfriends instead. Solidarity sister. After that, she ends up actually helping Sullivan with Audrey's health because Audrey, she's like overweight and high school's hard enough. Like you don't, you know, you don't need kids telling you like picking on your appearance. And it turns out she actually has Cushing's disease, which is why like digestive problems and all the stuff and like why the weight gain as well. So Audrey has surgery and like she's just helping out with that and like making sure things go smoothly. And in the meantime, she, so Nora, Shawin, and Gloria, the girl that she works with at Ames Clinics, like at the doctor's office in Maine, they actually start getting closer and like becoming friends. And so naturally, as it happens with girls, the topic of love lives and dating comes into the conversation. And Gloria recently started dating a man that she nicknamed Slytherin. She nicknamed him, she nicknamed him Slytherin because that's his like Harry Potter house. And Nora's like, okay, so he likes Harry Potter, green flag, check number one. And he's also a doctor in Boston. Gloria actually met him when she went to visit her sister in Boston because her sister lives there or whatever, small world. And his name is Robert Burns Bobby, as in Nora's ex-boyfriend, which Nora informs Gloria of. And the next few seconds, you may, okay, it probably wasn't that long realistically, but it is so awkward and it feels so, so painful to sit through. So Gloria excuses herself and leaves. And the next day at work, as you can imagine, because Gloria and Nora work together, it is painfully awkward. Like you can feel the awkwardness through reading the book. And Nora tries to initiate a conversation with Gloria because she wants to be professional about this. She, like she doesn't want to affect their work life. But Gloria said, she's like, I, I know everything I need to know. She and Robert actually talked, and honestly, she can't believe that Nora would treat him that way. Now it's Nora's turn to be confused. She's like, what? Gloria can't believe that Nora just broke up with Bobby out of the blue when he was going through a hard time. And then she just moved in with her mom. And to top it all off, she took his dog. And the worst part almost is that when Nora was really needy and depressed, Bobby was there for her, excuse me, Robert was there for her 100% did whatever she needed. And then when Bobby needed some of the support back, Nora just up and left. Like that's so callous and nora she like she's just trying to process all the lies that she has just heard because that is such a skewed retelling of the truth and then nora tries telling gloria about bobby telling her to spend the night and gloria's like oh, i know all about that too nora showed up asked if she could spend the night and said that she still loved bobby yeah so that conversation is basically over because then like a patient comes in. So after this fruitless conversation, Nora then consults the internet, the all-knowing. And it turns out Gloria is now in a relationship with Robert K. Burns, MD. He's the type of person to put MD on his Facebook profile. Ew, what a weenie. 
So this was like the final confirmation that Nora didn't realize she needed to know that she and Bobby are completely over. So she leaves a very angry message on his answering machine. She's like, hey, it's your needy ex-girlfriend. I'm taking Boomer for good. Because also he lied about Boomer. Like, okay, lie about your ex, fabricate the truth. But why lie about your dog? Like, that's, that's why. But this is all a good thing because a little bit after that, she and Sullivan actually have their first official date. And it's horrible. <laughs> Basically, there's like too much stuff going on with like different family members. And so it ends up just being like a family gathering. And at this family gathering, Nora ends up killing her mom's bird, pet bird, Tweety. So they bury Tweety together as a nice little couple activity. And then like the time, like the adult playtime happens and like, it is so bad. It is awful. And because it's like mutually decided, like, okay, this was so bad, they decide to just be friends. And like, Nora plans on leaving in August anyway. Like she wasn't planning on like living in Scupper Island forever, just like to get back on her feet. And like, she's healing pretty well so she can leave by August. And she's like, you know what? It's a good thing. It's whatever. And then during this time, the town, they hold like all these random like runs, like 10K runs. And so one weekend she's at the, she goes to the run and she bumps into her English teacher, the one with like the 12 great works assignments. And he's like, hey, and she's like, hey, like I became a doctor. It's like, she tells him what he, what she did. And he's so proud of her. He's like, Nora, oh my God, congratulations. You know, actually you were the only student ever in history to complete that extra credit assignment. And then Nora asks him, she's like, did I, did I steal the scholarship from Luke? And he looks at her like she's crazy. He's like, huh? Cause Nora was like, yeah, I, and the teacher looks at her and he, he's retired now, but her old teacher, he's like, no, you won that scholarship. Honestly, Luke's grades were falling behind. He was getting like, he was barely getting B's for a while. Like that scholarship was yours. Be proud of it. You earned it. And I'm very proud of where you've come. And this gives Nora a sense of peace that she didn't even realize that she needed. And then she also finds out what really happened with her dad. Because like throughout this whole time that she's here at Scupper Island, she's trying to get answers because like, like, why would he just leave his daughters like that, you know? And it turns out he was bipolar. When her dad and her mom got together, like, he was super charming, super fun and everything, and they were really happy. But he would sometimes just get in these moods where, like, he, like, he wouldn't sleep for, like, days on end. Like, during his manic episodes. And then he would have his depressive episodes. And it just got worse and worse, progressively. And he refused to get treatment. It turns out actually that Nora's mom was saving them when she would quote unquote ruin the fun, which Nora didn't realize as a kid, but like looking back, she's like, oh my God, like my mom saved our lives. And so one day her mom gave their dad an ultimatum, therapy and medication or a divorce. And that was the day that their dad left and never looked back. And actually a little while later, like their mom did track down their dad because he was using all the credit cards and maxing all of them out. And she was begging him to come back like for your daughters like you can't just abandon them but she couldn't reach him like at that point he hated her so much it was no use and that bipolar gene also got passed down to lily and very unfortunately and very sadly her dad ended up passing away in a car crash he was alone and that was 17 years ago i believe and with that one conversation, it was so healing for both Nora and her mom and they like hold hands just like not talking and their relationship and bond just became infinitely closer and stronger. So sometime after, she's telling Sullivan all of us cause like they're friends and they're by the dock and the sun is setting and it's all romantic and then he kisses her. And now there's sparks, there's chemistry, it's super cute and all that. And now they're officially dating. And the next day at work, Gloria, <laughs> 
you know, this girl, she is just straight up ignoring Nora. Like, oh, okay, imagine you are a patient going into a doctor's office, do, 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 you need to go to your checkup. And one doctor is just like, you can tell that there's tension because that is how unprofessional Gloria is being. Like, she refuses to even look at Nora. And Nora has had it. She's like, okay, you know what? Enough is enough. And she then tells Gloria the actual sequence of events in her and Bobby's relationship. The bad event that Bobby keeps alluding to, but not specifying, yeah, that was the home invasion and assault. And they never found the dude, so of course Nora's gonna be paranoid. And the breakup? That was all Bobby. Ask him about a girl named Jabrielle. Jabrielle? Jabrielle? It's spelled, it's spelled like Gabrielle, but with a J. Anywho, as Gloria is just processing that information, Nora actually decides to adopt Poe because it's like, her mom's old, her mom's a grandma. Like it's, it's, it's hard for a grandparent to raise a grandchild. Like that's not, you know what I mean? And Nora, she can work at Ames Clinic. Like she has a stream of income and she can find her own actual house, not in the houseboat and Poe can stay with her and go to school and it can be great. And the next week, there's another town run. This town loves 10Ks and they all go. Poe, Sullivan, Nora, Xiaowen, her mom, everyone. It's a really fun time. And guess who also makes an appearance? Bobby. He came to apologize for misrepresenting their relationship. And the reason he did this was because he wanted to seem more interesting than he actually was. Which at this point, like Nora doesn't care, but it's it was nice that Gloria got him to apologize because like he came and apologized because Gloria kind of like coerced him into it. I'm like yes, go girl. And Gloria apologizes. She's like, hey, I'm sorry for how awkward thing for how awkward I made things. Can we like go back to being normal at work? And Nora, she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So Nora goes home and she is greeted not by an empty house, not by yes, by Boomer, but also Luke. He's standing in the kitchen holding a knife, and he asks her for a Vicodin. None when Nora's like, I don't have any, but I can see what I can get you because like, how else are you supposed to act in this situation? And then he starts accusing her of stealing Tufts from him. And now that she and Sullivan are together and Audrey's hanging out with her, now she's stealing his family. He says he's going to bash her head in and throw her in the water. And like, yes, Nora's scared, but also like she can't help but just feel so much pity for this man because he, he was the golden boy. He had so much potential and this is what he turned his life into. And then he has the audacity to tell her to leave town. And this is when something in Nora just snaps. So she snaps at him and she's like, I didn't steal anything. I earned that scholarship and I did something with it. I'm a doctor. I help people. You were on the road to destruction way before you lost that scholarship. It was yours to lose and you lost it. You could have gone to any other school and made a great life for yourself, but instead you got high, crashed a car, and now your brother Sullivan is paying for it. You're a pathetic junkie living off his brother's generosity. Now stop whining and get off my boat. And then Luke lunges at her, but like, he is so like drugged up because the dec- okay, not decades at this point, but like the years and years and years of like use and mistreatment to his body. He's pretty weak, but like it's still scary. Luckily though, those self-defense classes are coming in clutch because Nora, she's able to utilize it and like defend herself. Boomer also is such a hero because he starts gnawing on this man like it is a bone. So mind you, he's bleeding like he- yeah, it's not a good sight. Luckily though, she was able to fight him off and while he is bleeding out, she calls the cops and she calls an ambulance. Now it's a year later and Nora and Sullivan are still going strong. They're gonna get married at some point. Poe got her license and they celebrated and Luke is in jail and sober. Lily is also still in jail and like still kind of won't talk to Nora, but Poe calls her every week. 
And then Nora realizes something. She's realizing that had Luke taken her life in the boathouse, she wouldn't have, in the houseboat, excuse me, she would have passed with a heart full of love for Poe and her life and her mom and this island. And that honestly just fills her heart with so much contentment and peace. Don't get me wrong, she's so, so appreciative that she is alive and doing well and everything. And she's just really happy with where her life is at. And the story ends with Sullivan and Nora standing together like in the kitchen of the house that Nora got. And Sullivan asks her if she's happy. And she signs because she's learning sign language because like his hearing is going. She signs and she answers verbally that yes, she is happy. And that is the end of this story. Honestly, I thought that book was so violent, but and like I originally wasn't even gonna do a story time on it, but when I was reading it, I was flipping through because I needed to know what happened. That that is why I'd made a story time on it. Because if I'm that engrossed in a book where like I need to know what happens, that is my like criteria of whether or not I think it was like a good story. You could argue that it, that it's cheesy and predictable, but I really enjoyed it. Anyways, I will see y'all with another video very shortly. Bye, thank you for watching.